Hi folks, and welcome back to another episode of City of Desert. I'm Father David Abernathy, and over these past weeks we've been discussing from the Philokalia uh, uh, the writings of Hezekiah of Jerusalem, in particular his writings, his text on sobriety and prayer. And if you remember last week, he had begun to discuss with us uh, some of the ways that sobriety is fostered, and this week he turns to uh, teaching us how to develop a kind of constancy in the practice, that it is to be practiced at every moment of our day and in everything that we do. And so Hezekiah now begins to give us some tips on how to do that. We're picking up with paragraph number 18 of the text, if you're following along, on page 282. Hezekiah begins by saying, All these doings, beloved, keep off evil thoughts like doorkeepers. And so the watchfulness of heart, uh, that is keeping close watch over the imagination, uh, always keeping the heart stilled, praying the Jesus prayer constantly, all of these things are like doorkeepers to the heart, that it is into the heart that uh, evil and temptation seek to enter, and it is there that uh, we begin to fall under the grip of the passions. And so keeping a guard over the door of the heart becomes essential. He goes on to say, but of the need to look only on heaven, always occupying the mind with contemplation of heavenly things, and to regard as nothing the earth and all earthly things, which also is one of the practical methods of sobriety, I will, if God grants it, set forth a more complete account in another place. So beyond constancy, uh, Hezekiah is telling us is that, that eventually he's going to address the fact that the practice of our entire life is to be one of contemplation. We are to seek to live in a constant intimacy with God, and that this is what the practice of sobriety and, and watchfulness will ultimately foster. In paragraph 19, he goes on to write, if we cut off the causes of the passions, occasions for their excitement, and busy ourselves with spiritual works only for a short time, but do not continue in them and persist in the same work for the rest of our life, we easily return to the passions of the flesh, having gained no other fruit than final darkening of the mind and the deepest plunge into materiality. So if we only begin this practice of watchfulness and then let off of it, giving ourselves once again back over to our passions and into their grip, then it is likely that we will find ourselves immersed in a kind of darkness that we will not be able to uh, find our way out of again. And so we do not, again, want to miss the opportunity and the grace that is God gives to us at any given moment as if we could shelve it for another time. If God is calling us to the life of holiness, if he reveals to us through the teachings of the fathers the, the path and the way to watchfulness and sobriety, then we are to seize upon it and not allow ourselves to fall back into a darkness. He who struggles inwardly must practice at every moment these four doings, Hezekiah calls them. The first is humility, an extreme attention, resistance to thoughts, and finally prayer. 
Humility, he says, so that since this struggle is against proud demons, a man may have the help of Christ always in the hand of his heart, for the Lord abominates the proud. So we always have to engage in this effort with a kind of humility of heart, knowing that it's only by the grace of God that we could possibly maintain this sobriety constantly. Attention, that he may allow his heart to entertain no thought, even though it seems good. And so if you remember from previous uh, episodes, that even good thoughts can become intrusive. Even good thoughts can draw us away from the contemplation of God or be used as a, a means of distraction. And so we are to even take these captive and set them aside in preference for remaining in a kind of stillness in the presence of God. Resistance, so that distinguishing clearly who it is that comes to him, he may at once with anger contradict the wicked one, as it is said, shall, so shall I have wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me. And again, truly my soul waiteth upon God. And so we are not only to be watchful for these thoughts as they come upon us, but we're to rebuke them. We're to offer some resistance in, in the fight. And so immediately as we see them approach us, we are, as it were, to, to strike them down. We are to become angry, he tells us. That is, we are to make use of what we've discussed before as the insensitive faculty of the soul. We are to become incensed, as it were, at the approach of thoughts that could pull us away from, from the Lord. And in that anger, rise up to strike them down or to make use of any other spiritual method that would be available to us. And finally, he writes, and prayer, that after resistance, he may immediately cry out from the depths of his heart to Christ with groaning that cannot be uttered. Then he that struggles will see how the enemy with his imaginings is scattered by the worshipful name of Jesus as dust by the wind or as smoke that is dispersed and driven away. So the unceasing recitation of the Jesus prayer, that this is the primary and most uh, effective means to set aside the thoughts that would distract us. It only takes uh, an atom of a moment uh, to redirect the mind and the heart to God uh, and to take up especially the, the name of the Lord is to scatter all evil or sinful thoughts that might come upon us. In the following section, section 21, Hezekiah tells us why the Jesus prayer is such an important weapon. And the main reason for this is that it allows a, a prayer without thought to begin to emerge. If you remember, it is our, through our thoughts and through our imagination that we are often led into sin. And so to develop a kind of prayer that sets the multiplicity of thoughts aside and focuses instead upon this simple prayer to Christ is something that promises us freedom and protection. And so he writes, He who has no prayer free from thoughts has no weapon for battle. By prayer I mean the prayer which is constantly active in the innermost secret places of the soul, so that the enemy in his secret onslaughts is invisibly flogged and scorched by calling on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
So in the very depths of our being, uh, in the eye of the heart, eye of the soul, uh, within the depths of the unconscious, the uh, Jesus prayer continues to ring out with a constancy that, that flogs the demons that would afflict us. And so even if we lose awareness of that prayer, if we are engaged in activities that we must be throughout the course of the days, so long as our hearts have been formed by this prayer, on the deeper level of our consciousness, on the deeper level of our being, that prayer will continue to ring out and protect us against the affliction of the demons. Uh, this prayer also does uh, uh, an added thing for us in the spiritual life. It acts as a kind of mirror that allows us to see more than what is only going on uh, within our, our own thoughts. Hezekiah continues in paragraph 22 to tell us and to show us how intense this battle must become and remain if we are to be victorious. He writes, you should look within with a keen and intense look of the mind so as to perceive those who enter. And when you perceive them, you should at once crush the head of the snake of resistance. And so we are not to be passive in the battle, uh, nor are we to linger with the thoughts. But uh, as soon as we see them begin to emerge within us, we are to crush them as we would crush the head of a serpent. The thoughts will seek to slip into our hearts like a serpent. And it's often been said that once the serpent gets its head in the door, then the battle is already lost because the tail quickly follows. And so as soon as we see the beginnings of thoughts, we are to drive them out of our minds. And he goes on to say, and along with this, call on Christ with groaning. And then you will gain the experience of unseen divine intercession. And you will see clearly what is rightness of heart. So after we practice this, we will begin to see what purity of heart truly means. And we will begin to taste something of the sweetness of that, but also what it is to be in a right relationship with God, what it is to experience something of uh, an unceasing intimacy with him that isn't driven away by the distraction of thoughts. In paragraph 23, he goes on to show us how the prayer of Jesus acts as a kind of mirror for us, revealing to us not only our, our thoughts, but the, the approach of the enemy uh, himself. He writes, as he who holds a mirror in his hands and is standing amongst others as he looks into it, sees his own face and what it is like, and sees, too, the faces of others looking in the same mirror. So he who is looking in his own heart with complete attention sees his own state in it and sees, too, the dark faces of the Ethiopians of the mind. Uh, Ethiopians was often uh, a euph euphemism uh, for the, the dark characters of, of hell, the demons. And so the looking at our, ourselves, holding up the mirror, if you will, of the, the Jesus prayer, we begin to see uh, the ugliness of those who would afflict us. And we see their approach so as to be prepared more fully. We'll continue this as we pick up the next time. And uh, I thank you for joining us once again for City of Desert.
and I look forward to seeing you soon.